Hey, this is Sujin. And Aaron on the Growth Mapping Podcast, where we break down what really happens behind the scenes in the world of marketing. We're going to show you what works and what doesn't, and we'll be interviewing some of the biggest names in the online world. You'll learn the strategies, tactics, and tricks that really move the needle and drive massive results. All right, what's up, everybody? Sujin and Aaron here after five weeks of going MIA. So to give you a little background there, we might drop the podcast and killed it to see if anyone noticed, anyone cared, to see if our, I think we have somewhere between five and 7,000 listeners a month, gave a damn. And we've got a few dozen emails and tweets and in-person conversations that said, hey, where'd the podcast go? I haven't seen an episode for a while, so we're back. Um, they say, you know, you don't really know if you love something until it's gone. So we love you too, guys. All right, Aaron, what are we going to talk about today? <sighs> nice intro. I loved it. Um, we, we're going to cover how to do a content audit and the importance of doing content audits, um, both for sort of small to medium as well as enterprise. Um, and there's, there's so many different takes that we can have on this in terms of the level of depth and what's important and why it's important. But I figure what we'll do, why don't we just throw over to you, Serge, and you can give an example of stuff that you've done actually on your sites, talk through the level of depth you've gone to there, and I can explain how we do it for some of the bigger businesses that we work with as well. All right, cool. Yeah, so uh, actually during this five weeks, uh, I actually did a big step back and took a look at two of my sites, my personal blog, com, and my company blog, Mailshake. So I wanted to try, you know, not, not the agency because little different. We're still a little new, still building up our traffic. But here's a couple of things we did. And I'll just jive into sujanpatel.com first. Wow, it's really weird saying my name.com. So I'm just going to say <laughs> sp.com because I hate saying my name. Weird. All right. So with SP, we've been at around 30 to 35,000 visitors a month for the last three years. Um, it's gone up. It's gone down a bit. But generally speaking, it's, it's been hanging around between 30 to 35,000. First and foremost, it's a lot less traffic than most people think I have, and that's because it has never been my main focus. I don't go for broad. I actually go specifically for very, very targeted keywords or audience, and most of my traffic comes from my email list and Google. But anyway, so first and foremost, I looked at the last six months of traffic. I looked at where it's coming from, first and looking for if anything has gone down. Then I looked at you know, what pages is my traffic, what, what content is my traffic going to? And so one thing I noticed there was that most of the traffic was going to old pages. Like I'm talking my most successful blog post ever is this article I wrote on how I made $900,000 from giving away t-shirts at Single Grain. Uh, that was written in, I think, 2013. So old, old post. So what did I do? I just updated it. So I found about eight articles that had the situation. And now I also looked through the view on Google Analytics of source medium, Google, and then what content is getting the most traffic, what pages are getting the most traffic from Google. So I can see if I can have anywhere I can milk where I get existing traffic. And what I found is, again, there are six of those pages that get a lot of traffic. So I just optimized those. Optimized being I'm going through right now um, and adding images, updating images, updating examples, adding to areas that are really weak. Maybe there's like a light example or stat I mentioned. I'm going to either update, refresh, or expand on that stat. If there's outdated information, update that. And also just kind of like 
since this content is old, um, there's one that I get like 35 digital marketing presentations. I'm going to go expand that. I'm going to go add, you know, 15 more, remove some of the ones that are older or maybe update them or what have you. And that was my take at kind of putting a placeholder to rank for the keyword digital marketing strategy. And so it's an old article. I'm just going to go update it, expand it, and embed new presentations or remove old ones. Step one, Mailshake, we noticed the exact same thing, except there are six articles. And instead of Google receiving, uh, driving most of the traffic, we're a newer company, newer blog, hasn't been around for, you know, seven, eight years. So most of our, actually more than half our traffic comes from social media, Facebook, you know, other people's email list, other people promoting it. And so that I had to take a very different perspective. I looked at it more from a, you know, qualitative perspective. I don't have a low, low hanging fruit to go, you know, get more from our, uh, from Google. So I'm going to enrich it with more quotes. I'm going to go bring influencers to get them to contribute, update the list, and almost beef out maybe two, three X those posts. Now, Mailshake, one thing you'll notice is that they're less, they're still long form, but they're a lot less words than my main blog because on sujibatol.com or sp.com, I'm going after and competing with digital marketing. For Mailshake, we're competing with sales. The best blog or the highest traffic blog in our industry is Yesware. Um, sales Hacker, they have a lot less thick content, or I guess uh, they have a lot thinner content, so I can compete with less. And so our strategy to date has been laying out the base groundwork so that like I can go and update a blog post. So we intentionally sandbag ourselves when we first created the articles um, so that we can expand them, re-promote them. And so that's exactly what we're doing. We're taking our best, most shared content and re-promoting them, going through and, you know, two, three Xing the content, the value. Yeah, nice. Oh, good. Uh, I, I think what's important about what you're saying there is that there's loads of things. You buy, you buy yourself options as to what you can do once you have all of the data there and you've done the research and you've done the audit. Um, you know, you, you form a good base where you know that if you just do X, Y, Z, that you, you're going to see some um, increased results. And I guess that's it's pretty much what um, we do as well with the some of the larger companies that we do content audits for, except that we spend uh, a massive amount of time doing the, um, the data gathering and using a lot of Excel wizardry, you might say, whereby we're, we're exporting things like all of the analytics data. So a lot of the stuff that you just touched on, you know, we're taking things like entrance pages and time on site and, and so many different things and we're dumping it in, in a spreadsheet where we're dumping um, link profile information from places like um, Hrefs and, and Moz and wherever else. We're dumping that in the same spreadsheet. We're also taking social data, things from uh, BuzzSumo uh, and, and other places. And we're gathering as much data as we can. We also do a whole bunch of web scraping on the sites. So we're able to pull in things like number of comments, um, uh, the number of words in the post, so content length, um, number of internal links, and, and so much stuff that's all done um, in the data gathering phase. And this all gets dumped into a whole lot of spreadsheets. And then from there, um, working with pivot tables and, and a range of other things, we're able to match up URLs to say, you know, pull out some really good data that says content of this length is performing better with links and shares and comments. Or content of between this many words and this many words published on a Wednesday seems to perform better for you in terms of time on site and bounce rates and, and all sorts of things. So it's um, 
I think it's one of the things that I, I've been really pushing um, a lot for later in our company has uh, recently is that spending a lot of time on the data science side of things, using data to really map a path moving forward. And a lot of this stuff's freely available. You can get so much stuff from HRFs and analytics and, and everywhere else. If you spend the time analyzing and mapping it accordingly to the right content and the right URLs, there's a roadmap there that says this is exactly what needs to be done. This is what works really well for you and these are your opportunities. And like you said, Sujan, when um, you, know, you go through the implementation side of things, if you have a clear path to it based on this data, the results speak for themselves, right? They're a lot, a lot easier to obtain. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think um, you kind of need to keep an inventory, some sort of spreadsheet. And I think Excel or Google Sheets are so simple for that because you can go take that third-party data go get it from three different places and then put it together um, and really have a quantitative view on something that, you know, something like content marketing is so subjective. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, in terms of content marketing, if you want to see success, you really need to base what you're doing on data, stop the guesswork, stop creating content for the sake of content. Uh, if, you want to, if you want to see the sort of results that um, you know, some of the biggest sites achieve, dig back into your data, spend time going through it and map out a, um, a process from there every few months going through and deciding, uh, all right, this is what we're going to create content based on and this is how we're going to do it. This is exactly what we're going to put together. Feed that into your strategy and it makes the whole content promotion side of things so much simpler. Yeah, definitely. And a couple, one more thing to add before we go is that you go back to our episode on content strategy and that will help you set it up from the beginning the right way so that you're creating these, you know, HubSpot columns, pillar pages, or you're creating the groundwork and, and, and create, starting to create the right content so you have this opportunity. So don't let yourself have the excuse of, oh, I, I don't have any traffic. What do I do? I don't have enough traffic or my content sucks. Like, yes, it probably does, but content doesn't need to suck forever. And um, Aaron, I realized we didn't talk about, you know, so you have traffic, you want, you're doing an audit, you want to get more ROI from this piece of content, like conversions, leads, sales, anything you do there. Uh, I'd love to share a few things, but I wanted to ask you first. Yeah, look, there's there's loads, but it depends on what the the goal is there. Um, you know, measurement of success of a piece of content or a body of work um, depends on what the goals were. So if it's more traffic, that's a goal. If it's actual sales, that's another goal. Uh, you know, is it consumption metrics? Is it engagement metrics? There's so many different things. Um, so it's hard for me to give you a direct answer on that. And I know, uh, you know, we've got an episode coming up where we're going to dig into to some of the successes there. But feel free to jump in and um, we'll, we'll move on to the next episode shortly. Yeah. So ultimately, like you said, Aaron, there's no right answer. There's no like if you're B2B, B2C, e-commerce, there's going to be a different call to action, different ways to get ROI from it. But um I think there's a couple things that I've seen work time and time again. First and foremost, using something like Sumo or Hello Bar, where you can add a bar at the very top of your content. Um, you can even, with Sumo, we've even embedded you know, in content um, call to actions. Simple things like that can actually help you collect email addresses. And so what I've started with when I do a blanket slate is I think about how can I get someone's email address? And then Maybe it's inviting them to a webinar if you're kind of on the enterprise side of things, longer sales cycle. But I like email address because then you can set up a drip sequence. And that drip sequence I typically start with is actually my content. So, you know, we talk about this in repurposing content episodes and things. Um, you know, we write about this, Aaron and I, all the time. But 
collect an email, look at where you're getting traffic and offer something like a PDF version, easy way to get um, opt-in and um, offer some sort of downloadable content inside your high traffic pages, make it tailored copy to the actual post and you will get emails. And, and it's simple as that. So go back and do the same thing to get more traffic to how do you get more leads from the content that's already getting traffic. So I'll leave you guys with that. Thank you for listening and we will be back in next week with some more content on email marketing and and some more content marketing stuff. See you soon. And that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you have questions, reach out to us at hello at growthmappingpodcast.com as we would love to hear from you. We believe we've delivered value to you. If you agree, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It's the best way you can say thanks. So thank you, and we'll catch you next time.